Welcome to the first tenet of creation spirituality, that life is a blessing, that the world is a blessing, and why I actually wanted to do this series right now. Because I think for a lot of us, this may be a tricky thing for us to hold on to in the midst of, say, oh, a global pandemic that is killing a lot of people and causing a lot of pain and suffering. How is it that the world is essentially a blessing? How is it that the life within it is essentially a blessing when all of these terrible, terrible things are happening? Let's discuss that on today's episode of Wisdom's Cry. He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate. Does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Hello everyone, my name is Charlie. And yes, let's talk about the first essential of creation spirituality, which reads, the universe and all life within it is fundamentally a blessing. This principle has been something that's been very important for me in getting through everything that's currently going on in the world, and really, really, like I said in the intro, one of the main reasons why I actually wanted to do this series on the essentials of creation spirituality right now, because we have a tendency to focus in on the negative. And I mean, we as a species, <laughs> maybe me a little bit more than others, but it is something that we tend to do a lot. Because we, as a culture, have weaponized fear. We have weaponized anxiety. We have decided that this is going to be the primary method by which we control the masses so that the rich can get richer, the poor can get poorer, and compassion and justice cannot reign in our world. I might even argue that this is one of the poisons that the fallen one has put into the world so that we could get here, but that, that that's a future episode <laughs> that, that we are going to get there. So in some ways, the most obvious retort to, well, how can you say that, especially in times like these, is one virus in an infinitely complex system does not invalidate the whole system. That is true. I would also say that this virus is showing us the inequalities and the problematic relationship that we have with our world and the people living within it and highlighting those injustices, but not in a preachy, we deserve this sort of a way, which I have heard some people using and that that's just wrong. You see, when we say, and actually I'm not going to speak for other people who practice creation spirituality. I'm just going to talk for myself. When I say that the universe and all life within it is fundamentally a blessing, the, the key word there is fundamentally. That doesn't mean that everything that they do 
is a blessing. If you get eaten by a bear, that bear was not a blessing to you. And it's all right to say that. But in the broader scheme of things, bears have an important role to play in the ecosystem that they inhabit. And as such, they are a blessing. Maybe I'm coming at this all wrong. Maybe I'm approaching this from the wrong perspective. Because it's a, a tricky thing to get some people to wrap their heads around. Because when we say something is a blessing, we often think in binaries. And something that, if you haven't learned about me already, you will, is that I am not a fan of binary thinking. In fact, creation spirituality itself is not a fan of binary thinking. This idea that everything is either sin or redemption or life or death or this or that, that's not really something that we're about. Because, yes, in some instances, something is either or, but a lot of times something is both and. Or not one. See, there are other ways to construct those arguments. So would I say that coronavirus is a blessing? I didn't say that. Well, if it's not a blessing, how is all life a blessing? Well, see, I could weasel out of this really easily and tell you, well, viruses aren't technically alive because they can't reproduce on their own, and the ability to self-replicate is a key component to something actually being alive so that they're a non-living fragment of the universe that infects other thing things to hijack their systems to replicate themselves, and thus, as not being alive, they don't invalidate the initial thought. That, that's a weaselly way out of this. Because, you know, bacterias are alive, and they cause disease as well. Fungi are alive, and they cause disease as well. That does not get us off the hook. The problem that we actually need to talk about here is the origin of evil. Now, I'm not going to go into a long, protracted discussion of theodicy here, unless you really want me to. Let me know, because I can definitely do that episode, and probably an entire series, because that's a much more complex and complicated question than we can handle in just one 20-some, 22-minute discussion. But we're asking the question of what is evil, because that is what we are trained as a culture to do. Things are evil. What is evil? Where is evil? What this principle is actually here to do is to get us to flip the script. When we say that the universe and all life within it is fundamentally a blessing, the goal here is not to get you to look at these bad things and go, okay, let me justify how cancer is a blessing. No. That's not what we're here to do. It's to change the cultural narrative that everything is inherently evil. Everything is inherently corrupt, damaged, broken, destroyed. That we've inherited from our ancestors. Well, some of our ancestors. 
It's to break us out of that full redemption way of thinking, where everything is broken, everything is damaged, everything is corrupt, and make us look at it differently. You see, even in these times, with everything that's going on around us, the onus on this particular question is not, how is this particular pandemic a blessing? It's, where are the blessings during this pandemic? And we can see them. We can see the people who are using their 3D printers to make parts for ventilators and to make masks. The shocking number of people who have taught themselves how to sew so that they can make masks for people. Not to pat myself on the back, but our restaurant for uh, Nurse Appreciation Week, we delivered free meals to the hospital to help people out. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't all that special because, you know, we have financial difficulties right now too. But it was at least something we could do where we could try to be a blessing to others. Because when you grow up, as many of us have in this fall redemption world, whether we know it or not, and start from the basic presupposition that everything is evil, everything is corrupt, everything is damaged, stained, then that's how you're going to approach everything. And that level of cynicism can keep you from enjoying even the simplest things in life. And that is a problem. You see, the statement, the universe and all life within it is fundamentally a blessing, should open our eyes to start looking for those blessings. Well, my pets are a blessing. The audience that I have for the podcasts that I do are a blessing. The people who read my books are a blessing. My friends have become an immeasurable blessing to me in this time period because I've realized who they are and how close we actually are to one another. Those things are blessings. And they're blessings that I took for granted because I was so busy in my regular day-to-day -day life that I wasn't looking for them. And I'm not going to turn around now and go, see, so there's how this current situation is a blessing because that's not the lesson here. You see, while there are some who would say everything happens for a reason, you just have to find it. I'm not necessarily one of those people. I, I can see the utility in that and how it can be a useful, logical puzzle to give yourself. But for me, at least, this particular essential is not pointing in that way. I don't want to do a lot of quoting from scripture, but there are two really important ones here that I think really speak to what I'm talking about here. One is from the Psalms, and it's a very simple quote, taste and see that the Lord is good. Or we can go back to Genesis. And God looked and behold, all was good. Yes, very good. The universe was created Kitov. It was created good. Okay. And thus it is a blessing. In the Heart Sutra, when it is recited, we say that one of the things that Avila Kodeshvara realized is that all things are born, not pure, 
and not stained. Not pure, not stained. See, they're not born pure or stained, but in something that is neither. And see, from our analytical, discursive mind, we may be tempted to come up with a word for that. I would say that that word is blessing. Life is essentially a blessing. It is not pure or stained in its initial conditions. Purity is something that can be striven for and worked into our lives. And stains can get really dug in there. But we're not made of cotton or silk. The soul isn't made of velvet. Stains can always be removed. Our initial condition is a blessing. We were not born stained. We were not born pure. We were born who we are. And in time, that initial condition, that initial starting phase, was shaped and molded by our actions, by our decisions, and by outside forces acting upon us that showed us their ways of seeing the world, who imposed their ideas and ideologies upon us. We then chose other things to add on to it. We can add and add and add, or subtract and subtract and subtract. And both of those things can be vital spiritual practices for us. But we have to realize the starting point. We were all born not stained. We were all born not pure. We were born a blessing. Whether we were received as a blessing or not is not what we're talking about. Whether we were treated like a blessing or not is not what we're talking about. Those are the stains that can be added to us later. Some of us were assigned a gender at birth that were not accurate. That doesn't mean we were born wrong. What that means is we were not born pure or stained, but someone decided to try to stain us with what they felt we were. And it's our choice, our decision, whether we carry that stain or not. It's a hard thing to do to change, to transition. It's a hard thing to do to become the person we always felt we were meant to be, whether that's in our gender, our sexuality, or just our basic identity. I was born in a very mechanical world. My father was a truck driver and a mechanic, and most of the people in my family, <laughs> that's the life that they knew. I don't have a mechanical bone in my body. I, I don't put things together well. I don't build things well. I am not a technical in that way. And so I felt for a very long time like I just didn't fit into my own family. And that's because they were applying this stain to me that I would be like my father or I would be like my mother. I am more like them in some ways than I thought when I was younger, and I'm not like them in other ways. Because, well, 
let's be honest here, we are all individuals and we are going to be different. Now, don't take my statement of individuality there out of context. We are individuals in that we develop in our own way, but we are all unified and interconnected in a lot of ways that we don't see. And that is a big part of what learning to see the universe and life within it as fundamentally a blessing is about. Storms can be terrible things, but without the rain, nothing grows. We need the rain. We need the wind. We need these things. We even need the lightning. The lightning brings us nitrogen and a lot of other nutrients to the soil. They can be destructive. They can be harmful, but there is a blessing there. And learning to see, to identify, and to call out those blessings, that's the fundamental task that this first essential principle is meant to bring out in us. So no, don't try to justify everything that happens and go, okay, so how is this a blessing? Because I know people that have almost driven themselves mad trying to do that. And not because of their practice of creation spirituality, but often because they were part of a 12-step and were reciting their serenity prayer over and over and over again and wanted to understand the world fundamentally as a blessing so that they could get over some of the very dysphoric and other problematic feelings that they were having. Now, look for the blessings that you can find. But that doesn't mean that you have to make everything into a blessing. Like I said, a bear is a blessing in its place in the ecosystem that it exists. If that bear eats you, it has not been a blessing to you. Now, you may be as enlightened as the Buddha, who in one of his previous lives is said to have been eaten by a tiger and saw his sacrifice as a blessing for the tiger and her cubs. Okay, maybe. That, that, that is surely a way to think about it. And if that's how you want to think about it, more power to you. All I'm saying is that you don't have to see it that way. And you don't have to struggle to turn tragedy into blessing. See, suffering is a real part of life. It is. It's something that we have to acknowledge. There is a time and place for emptiness, for pain. It comes to us all. But in our initial conditions, when we are examining the world, looking for ways to be a blessing or to be blessed, rather than how am I going to screw somebody over or be used by them? Those are two completely different mindsets and two entirely distinct worldviews. For me and my house, we choose to see the universe and all life within it as a fundamental blessing, as fundamentally being a blessing. And then we try to find the blessings that we can. Count your blessings and keep them in your pocket, my mother used to sing. And I never understood that song. It didn't make sense to me. I, I kind of get it now. And she, while she lives very much in the full redemption mindset, she at least understands that basic thing, that we need to find those blessings where we can. And when you start everything from this perspective and this point of view, then 
your whole outlook on life will change. And you'll see how this affects the way we look at everything in creation spirituality. Because once you start at this point where all life is fundamentally a blessing, the universe itself is fundamentally a blessing, that changes how you act, that changes your definition of spiritual practice, and changes your experience of self and the world. But we'll get into that next week when we go into the second essential. It is through the work of spiritual practice that we move beyond fear into compassion and discover our deep and true selves. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate this podcast, please do so. That helps out immensely. If you have any questions, comments, or topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. Um, you can also find links to everything over at wisdomscry.com, which is about to get a lot of new stuff put up over there. It's just taking more time than I thought it would. But that's kind of the story of my life right now. Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, let us end with prayer. In the name of Christ Jesus, and with the intercession of Mary, our Holy Mother, and Francis, our Seraphic Father, and united with all the saints in heaven, on earth, and those here present, may God keep you and guide you, ever growing in wisdom and compassion all the days of your life. And may he keep you safe in these times of turmoil. Amen.